After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hey, welcome everyone to a Baseball America emergency podcast. I'm borrowing that phrase from, I think it's 538's podcast, they call them emergency podcasts, but this is not an emergency vice presidential debate podcast. Uh, we'll leave that to 538. This is an emergency Buck Showalter Playoff podcast. podcast. And we may, do, podcast. We, we, we may do some of these, you know, just basically quick, really quick hits the morning after uh, games because obviously, like you listening to this podcast, we're going to watch these games. That's what we do. And we, we talk about them. And uh, that's what we also do. So, and uh, so uh, instead of me just coming over and talking to John in his office and have being lost to no ever, because I would have done that the first thing this morning, even we're going to put a microphone here and we're going to do it anyway. Exactly. So unlike, uh, just like Maureen McGovern, there has to be a morning after. So um, JJ, we both were on Twitter talking about this last night. And, and I was just and talking both about were it. screaming about it before the eleventh inning. And I had a tweet that a, a scout friend just favored the other just a minute ago. That um, one of the tweets I sent last night was, you know, the only explanation that makes sense is that Britain got hurt, that Zach Britton got hurt, or didn't feel right when he was warming up, isn't it? Buck Showalter didn't get stupid suddenly. Well, I stand corrected. Buck Showalter, and the the, the thing that just is insane to me, JJ, and really insane because Buck Showalter is by every measure but World Series championships one of the best managers of the last 30 years. I mean, he just is. He's Bum. won everywhere, but to not learn from your mistakes is just uh, uh, it's like a fatal blow to his resume. And, and 21 years ago, Jack McDowell against the Mariners for the pitcher for the Yankees, I think it was John Wetland who was still in his bullpen yep. unused. And he, he uh, suffered the same fate. How can you not use Zach Britton? Is there any defense for not using Zach Britton last night? I'm not offering defense. I will say, though, that how people are wired. If you're Buck Showalter, one of the things that makes Buck Showalter who he is, and this is one of the strengths of being a, a good manager, and again, I do think that some of the things, sometimes the things that make you a very good manager over 162. Bobby Cox are things that actually cause you problems come the entirely different environment that is the playoffs. Buck Showalter has extreme confidence in himself and his decision-making. Right. And so when you say, how do you not learn from that? Part of that, I do think, comes from the fact that if you're Buck Showalter, you have the confidence, which you've built up over all these years of success, to say, nope. I know what I want to do. I believe my gut. I believe in me. And it didn't work out, but I have many decisions I've made that don't work out. Is that, that, what, is that what Ubaldo means in Espanol? Does that, Ubaldo translate into belief in me? That The, the thing about it is, is though, I, I'll, I'll pose the question this way to you, John. If there wasn't for the fact 
that Jerome Holtzman, some 50 years ago, 60 years ago, you know. 55, 45, 50 years ago, invented, essentially invented a stat. If we did not have a term for something like you come in in the final inning with three outs, you know, with three runs or less, would this have even been like, uh, would there have ever been a decision here? That's a great question because the answer seems to be no, that you would not. I mean, because I when we go to firemen, when we go back to the old role of firemen, right. no one, this is not something you would have ever seen in a game in the 50s. There Correct. never would have been a situation or where... Or the no. 70s. Raleigh Fingers would have been in that game, and he would have pitched Bruce three or four Suter. innings. Bruce Suter would have, with his low strikeout rate. It's, it's crazy to go back and look at the low strikeout rates of some of these all-time closers. Bruce Suter... The year that he got his big contract from the Braves, I think his strikeout rate was 6.1 per nine. And this is a guy who invented, quote-unquote, the splitter. I mean, it's mind-boggling to go in today's game and look at those low strikeout rates. I digress because it's a Baseball America podcast with John and JJ. That's what we do. But, but yeah, I mean, it's truly... And the thing is, Brad Brack and Darren O'Day earlier in the game were difficult, but at least more understandable because those two guys, Our have earned, they've earned all that trust. But Ubaldo Jimenez, and again, Ubaldo Jimenez has been good lately for the Orioles. He was great last week, but it was as a starter. So, And, and then Brian Dunsing. Nobody has chronicled Brian Dunsing's career at BA more than me from his Nebraska days through Tommy John and his twins farmhand. I always liked Brian Dunsing. But Brian, Brian Dunsing, Dunsing? Was, but again, as I, and I probably went too far on this because he didn't really play a, a large role in this. Right. Hey, he got us out. He got us out. That being said, you have Zach Britton and you said, hmm, you know what? I'm going to go with the guy who we picked up when another team released him this year. The two guys that the Orioles chose. I know Buck talked about, you know, Obadovan has been pitching really great lately. Which he had. Which he had. Which lowered his ERA to 544. From, from six plus to 544. So when you say he's been pitching great lately, what's left out of that is is we do also have this epically long track record that Ubaldo Jimenez, essentially since the day that he became a Baltimore Oriole, has been a below average pitcher. Is that Correct. fair? That's very fair. I mean, I mean it's above. It's ERA is above four and FIPS above four by a significant margin, pretty much throughout his Orioles career. This is one where you just kind of like just have to imagine because I was playing Stratomatic with my son uh, Monday. <laughs> I mean, I know that the game is played with people and not cards, but just imagine you would never use the five four four ERA dude's card over the dude with the 060 ER. You just would never do it ever in a million, billion, trillion years. And this, I tweeted about this last night. The thing I flipped this is, is when we talk about this, this game is done by people and all that. And that's the part, though, I think that makes it worse for Buck I, I agree. That is that if you're Zach Britton, who is one of the best, if not the best reliever in the game right now, and you are in a one-game playoff, how, not just crushing is it, but how... He used the rage, word frustrating, yeah. How rage-inducing is it that everyone else, every other key guy who could play in that game for the Orioles, played? How do you think that Chris Davis felt or Adam Jones felt? All those other Orioles, they, they're people. They notice. But, They've been playing. Manny Machado's played behind Ubaldo Jimenez, and he's played behind Zach Britton. And he knows which one's better. But, but again, especially if you're Zach and Britton, it ain't though, Ubaldo. if you are a competitive athlete, and Zach Britton, 
is the epitome of a competitive athlete, whatever your sport is. There is one thing if you're the backup, if you're the if you're the twelfth guy on that you know in that pitching staff, and you're like, well, I didn't get in the game because, well, you know, I understand. You're Zach Britton. You can't wake up today anything other than you're not going to tell anyone. But you can't not wake up. It the frustration almost goes into anger because it's like, why was I not allowed? Correct. To give me the ball and basically then once I get on the mound. If you have to get some C4 to pry me off of the mound eventually, because if Zach Britton goes out there and pitches the ninth or the tenth, when the tenth's over, if he cruises through in the ten pitches it may take him to do, he's not like he's going to go, Skip, I'm sorry, you got, I gave you ten. Although Roberto Osuna said claims yeah. that he did. Oh, I'm just tired. That'll be one to watch. But it is, I mean, we probably should wrap on, yeah. on, on Britton. But it is amazing, JJ. Do you think, could there be a player, do you think if Adam Jones had gone to Buck Showalter and said, hey, let's go down the tunnel real quick, let me talk to you, and said, we got to bring in Zach Britton here, do you think that would have changed? No. Buck Showalter, I, 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 I agree. I, I think for one, Buck Showalter, again, this is, not a, this is not a manager who goes, you know? He doesn't manage by committee. Right. <laughs> and I do think that that almost would, uh, again, it, there is a, a certain almost military hierarchy in these things. The right. only guy who has essentially the right to do that, in essence, is, is either the pitching coach or the bench coach. I was saying, or, or maybe I would say maybe Matt Wieters. I, I do think a guy who's a been your catcher for all that time but, could, if, if Matt Wieters, who doesn't have this kind of personality, from my experience with Matt Wieters, if he'd gone to show Walter and said, hey, we got to go to Britain right here, we got to go to Zach. Let's win with Zach or lose with Zach. I think I think that maybe that would have meant something. But all those guys' experience is similar to Buck Showalter's experience, which is I trust me, like you talked about. They trust Buck implicitly. He right. made and their I'm, franchise that, relevant again. And I don't that, blame you, them. And by doing that, you almost then are saying, I don't trust you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you really are. Yeah. Like, I don't know. On a normal basis, none of those guys, none of those players goes up to Buck and goes, so can we talk about... How you're going to construct the lineup tonight? Exactly. Or, you know, they don't do that. That's they not their job. They trust him. Right. It's all on him. I too, too. I mean, the thing about it is, is when it was over. I mean, the press conference last night. <laughs> that was crazy. I'm sorry. It was like, like to even Tyler Kepner of the New York Times was like, I still don't understand. Yeah. You're going to have to explain my, this to me. Goes, my, I'll talk to you off the. My, my brain the it does not handle this <laughs> because again, the thing about it is, is that I just keep coming back to is, is that that was good. Good. Good job by Tyler. The thing I do not understand on this, I just really don't, is of all the things that are like, I don't even want to call it, but it is in some ways, I, I thought Ben did a good tweet. Ben Badler for us did a great mm-hmm. tweet last night. He said, if I am an owner or I'm a GM yeah, that was a and great. I'm hiring a manager this off season, We're going through this. One of the things we're going to do is we're going to sit down and watch this and I'm going to say, map this out for me. Take me through your thought process of how this goes, go walk me through Buck Showalter's process and walk me through John Gibbons' process. What do you do? Okay, how, how do you know when to use Francisco Liriano? And he had to use him earlier than he thought, and Liriano, to his credit, was really good. Now, but, he, the, but again, the thing about it is, is what struck me about that, though, was is that, and maybe I'm giving too much credit to John Gibbons and the Blue Jays, but what struck me was, and their bullpen obviously pitched great, better than we could have even. Yeah, last 14 Orioles were retired. But 
what struck me about that, although it is the Orioles, so pretty much it's like, okay, the last four team retired, home run. Okay, yeah, yeah exactly. you know, that's that's how it goes. <laughs> they stole a base last yeah. night. I was I was I, I was <laughs> I, stunned. I, I did that was an inadvertent Tim Kirkjian, but it was in the spirit of Tim because Kirkjian. Because we talked about the yesterday. Orioles stole a base yesterday. We talked about yesterday. Although I did tweet yesterday about how Michael Bourne and Drew Stubbs did give them Michael Bourne and Drew Stubbs had more stolen bases between them in their journeys before they ended up as Orioles this mm. year than the entire Orioles team and Bourne had all stole year. the bag, right? And Bourne yeah. stole the bag. But um, but the thing about it is, is that what did strike me though is, is like with Liriano of all this, the best way in a winner take all, there is no tomorrow game. The best way to put it to me in all those instances is, you play to win the inning, right? And once that's over, yeah, figure out what the next one does. That's a great way. Because the reality is, is the thing you do not know once you get past the ninth. You don't know if there's an 11th or a 12th or That's a 13th. Right. And if you lose the game in the 17th because you ran out yeah. and the other team didn't. And you've got Chris Davis. Right. you got Chris Davis in reserve. You, you He's got, pitched. You, you, know, you know. Where's Mark Trumbo? No, Mark Trumbo. Mark Trumbo. I mean, it's like, you know, <laughs> you, you got, if you, if you end up losing in the 17th because of that, you do. That's but right. you know what? The chances that it's going to go 17 are like less than 5%. Yeah, to get to the 17th, you have to win the 11th, or at right. least tie the 11th. Right, and that's the thing, is, is that what really what it comes down to is, when it's all said and done, was, I, again, I, I really, what I what blew my mind with that is, is, do you rather, you're gonna, you may end up that, if you're the Orioles, you may have ended up having to pitch Brian Dunsing and Ubaldo Jimenez in that game, no matter what, let's but, just say. But you can't use them before but Britain. if you use Britain first, would you, I'll just ask this simple question. Would you rather Ubaldo Jimenez be in the game where one mistake means you lose? Or would you rather Zach Britton keep it, you know, and then maybe you score, and then you hand the game to Ubaldo Jimenez and go, Ubaldo? Yeah. We don't want you to give up any runs. Right. But we if can you give up one. one, we're still in the game. Yep. And again, we saw it in that situation. And in that situation, and I'm not saying it's an ideal situation to intentionally walk a guy. But they had, you know, but it was a situation where you could intentionally walk the guy, partly because it was Ubaldo Jimenez. Right. If Zach Britton was in the game, you would very much consider, you know, what we can intentionally walk this guy because you didn't worry about it that Zach Britton's going to lose the strike zone for seven or eight pitches. Exactly. You do with Ubaldo Jimenez. You could intentionally walk the batter uh, Incarnacion <laughs> and give Britton time to warm up, yes. and then with your season on the line, you bring in Zach Britton better late than never. But they Which, although never. at that point, it's like, and it, I think Britton was, I mean. As uh, someone else I follow on, uh, you know, friend on Twitter, you know, former uh, coach put, he's like, how many times did uh, did Buck, uh, which I'm not. Britton was up in the eighth. I think he was up twice, wasn't he? Because he was up again. I, I think, he was up at least in the eighth. But the next time they showed a lefty, it was Dunsing warming up. So. Which, and, and again, I, I like and respect a number of the guys who did that broadcast. It was baffling to me that we had to wait essentially to the post game. Yeah, it was. Because it was, that was. That's one of one of those things where I mean it, it, it was it was not it was never mentioned. Speak of this to no one. It's like someone did a Jedi mind trick on the broadcasters as well as Buck Showalter. I, again, and I do think there that's one of the things that I Ken Rosenthal had a good column today, and one of the things he said about it is, is this is what baseball is nowadays, because that's what's great about baseball is, is if you were on Twitter last night, this was the discussion. At this point in 2016, we don't really need. I would have been great if they'd have been part of the conversation, right? But we don't. I'll, baseball I'll, fans and baseball writers now don't need them to be part of the conversation because the conversation was still going on right. at that point. But you, but at the same time, 
as a if you're the producer or director of that broadcast, you want Ron Darling and Ernie Johnson and Cal Ripken maybe who's not going to be controversial. <laughs> but you need one of those guys to lead that discussion. And Ron Darling, as a pitcher, should have been the guy. We should wrap yeah. up. I want to bring up three other things real quick. Number one, that those two teams aren't championship profile teams necessarily, but those are championship profile catchers, JJ, and that's mm-hmm. what they look like. 260 mm-hmm. averages or mm-hmm. 240 um, power, and both guys are excellent receivers, blockers. Throwers. I love watching Russ Martin. Russ, Russell Martin's hands are so special. Just think back to that uh, first All-Star game he made as a Dodger. It was like 2006 or seven. And there was this short hop throw to the plate where he backhanded it like a shortstop. Because he has the best hands. I love watching Russ Martin pitch because of his hand. And that graphic they show with all the playoff teams he's been on, that's not a coincidence. Uh, second of all, those two teams did not start profile corner outfielders. Ezekiel oh, no. Carrera no, no, no. and Michael Bourne. No. What the what? 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 So profile, those are championship profile catchers. But you don't, with 30 teams and yada, 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 it's hard to always have championship profile guys in every position. Those were two examples. And you talked about how, this is one we'll write this offseason, about how left field was an offensive wasteland this year in the major leagues. Ezekiel Carrera starting in left field for a playoff team is one example of that. And, of course, he had a hit in an RBI. Um, and the third thing I, w- I wanted to throw out there is a uh, blanket on my mind right now. I can't remember what it was. I think it was just Russell Martin's uh, crazy I was, career. I was just going to say that. It was Russell Martin and Weeders, Russell Martin, the, and then those the, non-profile outfielders. The thing I'll just wrap up with is, is we get to do another one of these tonight, which will be fun. And um, Oh, it was Rangers-Blue Jays. Oh, yeah. Please, yes, please. <laughs> yes. Bring it that'll, on. That's that'll be was. awesome because, again, I am someone who for whom emotion in the game is a good thing. Agreed. And... You know, I and I, I mean, it's it, it it sounds weird to say this, but I mean, we've just gone through the, the 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 epic tragedy of Jose Fernandez, you know, and it's like Jose Fernandez embodied to me what was good about passion for the game. Correct. And we are going to see a lot of what I consider good. I, no, that does not mean I want Rognet Odor, you know, basically. Yeah, we don't need punches, playing, but we need yeah, fire. It doesn't need to be, you know, it doesn't need to be roadhouse at, oh, at second base. But, a you rivalry is good for the game, so I don't want, we don't need. I a, want bat flips in this. I want it to be, I want it to be something where I hit a home run, and you know what? I don't like you guys, so boom, there's the bat flip. And then you, and then you know what you can do? When, you know, when Adrian Beltre does something, then he can go crazy and all. Let's do it. Adrian Beltre probably won't, but Rugnet Odor, he, yes. just, he just might. All right. Uh, good and stuff, by the way, another thing I was going to say is, is if, if I'm playing a wild card game, I've got to feel pretty good if i got Madison Bumgarner on the mound. Well, on um, the converse, I would feel pretty good if I had Noah Syndergaard on the mound. That's true, so, too. I mean, that's... that's... But I just, I did, when we talk about, like, yesterday I was saying, like, when Stroman got through five, it's like, good, he got him through five, you know. There's a little different tonight. Oh, that, yeah. Madison Bumgarner, I do think it's going to be like literally, if you are going I'm to pitching remove the him, eighth right-handed, you're not taking me out <laughs> for Sergio Romo. If you remove him from the game, I think you better take a crowbar to the mound. I mean, because he's going to have nailed something. This is true. Be. Most likely to bat flip tonight. Most likely player to bat flip. I'm saying it's Joanna Cespedes. Yes, I would agree with that. All right. Uh, good stuff. We'll do this again tomorrow morning uh, when draft report card hell is upon us. Yes. So, For J.J. Cooper, I'm John Manuel. We'll see you tomorrow on the next Baseball America podcast. So long, everybody.